What's happening, everyone? This is Jeff. Welcome to the brand new segment of the podcast called the Maverick Resource Review. And it is just as it sounds. Every once in a while, we will highlight a brand new resource for youth workers, students, or parents. I will sit down and have a discussion with the author or the people that developed it, and we'll talk about how it applies to the next generation. This first resource is a new book called Searching for Seven, and the author is Tyler Smith. Tyler is a sports writer up in Indiana. He is a youth minister, and the purpose of this book is to help students see God at work around them, how they can use the Word for daily circumstances and situations, and how they can value the story that God is writing for them. Uh, bonus points if you can hear the doorbell randomly in the background. Hashtag COVID at home problems. All right, here we go. Let's hop into the conversation with Tyler talking about searching for seven. Tyler, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast with me today, man. Uh, for those who don't know you, could you give us a little intro uh, about you and what you're currently up to? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I've been in youth ministry for about 15 years, and I started while I was in college. Uh, I'm a sports writer. I write for the Pacers and IU Basketball um, for a couple different websites and and, uh, newspapers. And I'm also a varsity girls basketball coach in Indiana. Uh, I have a wife and two daughters that are three and one, and I just wrote my first book that came out in June. So a lot going on, but uh, very blessed to be able to do all these different things. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Uh, it's definitely basketball country up there. So yeah. you're in a very good place to be writing about it, coaching it. So that's cool, man. That's cool. Basketball is definitely a love of mine. Too bad my ability doesn't match up to that love. But yeah, always, always fun to pick up the ball. Uh, yes. Yeah, so the book that you mentioned is called Searching for Seven, The Journey of Seeking God Seven Days a Week. And we're going to talk about that. Um, and really just the process of what that means, especially for the next generation of students that we're trying to get them to really own their faith and look for where God uh, is at work. And so uh, in the book, you break it down kind of into three parts. Um, Search for where God is uh, at work around you every day. Uh, Learn how to apply God's word to situations that come up in your life and to realize and know that every part of your story matters. Um, so before we really get into the content or tease the content, uh, of the book, I wanted to ask you, uh, what were the events and trends in your personal life and in your ministry that led to you writing this book? Really, it started with just idea, kind of like a, just an offering to God. Um, I wanted to combine my ministry experience and, you know, teaching, um, with my sports writing experience. And I've realized over the course of my life, there's been a lot of cool opportunities and experiences that I've been able to go through. And it's uh, basically resulted in a lot of stories. And I wanted to, you know, make it cohesive. I felt like everything was kind of fitting into the same kind of uh, category of, you know, looking for God, not just on Sunday, every day of the week, uh, not just when you get bad news or good news or whatever. It's just, you know, that pursuit, that journey. And so I feel like, uh, you know, some of the stories from the book are from way back in high school. Some are recent in sports writing or fatherhood or coaching or those kind of things. 
And so uh, really, it's just kind of a culmination of, um, of a little bit of my journey. Um, I also share stories of others that have, you know, really impacted me. And uh, yeah, it's, it's 19 different topics, basically. Um, kind of like I tell people, it's kind of like an album, like a band where you, every song is different, but it's all cohesive as an album. That's kind of what the book is. And, and uh, I feel like there's something in there for everybody, no matter what uh, stage of their faith they're currently at. I think there's something in there for them. And yeah, that's just uh, how it kind of went down. I had the idea maybe four or five years ago, and then it was finally, you know, end of 2018 is when I really felt the nudge from God, you know, it's time, it's time to do it. And uh, so I dedicated uh, 2019 to writing it. Very cool, man. I love hearing that process. I always love hearing what fuels people to do the things that they do or produce the things that they produce. And, you know, being in youth ministry for basically uh, just as long, I can uh, sympathize and, and uh, definitely uh, resonate with, you know, how do we get students to take what they're learning on Sunday morning, on Wednesday night, mission trips, camps, um, and really apply it to the rest of their life. And not so much like a chores list, but really to make God a habit in their life, really to see him all around at work and as part of everything that's going on, which you talk about in the uh, book, especially when you look for God uh, at work. And yeah, it's not just a task, right? It's who you are in Christ and really living out who God made you to be. And we're the best that we can be when we're sealed with the spirit and really uh, hidden in Christ. And the more we depend on him, the more things turn out for our good and his glory. So yeah, that's a very worthwhile pursuit. I'm glad God led you to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So going back to God being at work around us. So the concept of approaching our life in the context of narrative within God's meta narrative of history is one that has really helped Christians relate to how God is working in infinite ways around us. Uh, so what are some of the ways to find God at work around you that you talk about in the book? I think a big thing is, is just having this awareness of God. Um, it's easier said than done, but you know, it's, there's so many moments where if I'm looking back at my life, if I just had this awareness of God's presence in that moment, things would have changed. I would have been better off. I would have been a better witness, better example. You know, one reason I got into youth ministry was because I look back at my high school days and I was like, you know, I was known as a Christian, um, but basically what that meant was, hey, he doesn't do anything too bad and he goes to church. And yeah. so I've realized there's so much more to it. And and one of the main reasons is growing up, I didn't really um, have that intentionality of my faith and really being aware that, hey, God is in this moment. It's not just at the camp, at the conference, at, you know, at the hospital, when somebody gets bad news, he's everywhere. And, and if I'm, um, you know, just being aware of that and pursuing him on a daily basis, how much better off am I going to be and the people around me? So I, I know I share a lot of stories in the book. I think one of them that comes to mind is just, you know, how painful of a year 2020 has been, but I've seen God work in so many ways through pain. Um, because I mean, if, if we're being honest, if, it, if my life was great all the time, I don't know if I would reach out to God. Um, yeah. Hopefully I would, but I don't know if I would seek him. Um, so there's got to be some moments of, you know, God's all I have and, and I realize he's all I need. So um, I've seen people come to Christ due to the death of others, which is just an awful thing to go through. But it's like, 
you know, those people would not take it back um, because someone's soul was saved. And I mean, just those kind of moments. And uh, that's what comes to mind for, you know, the year that we've been living in. But um, yeah, just that awareness is such a key uh, to not only our lives, but to reaching others as we go. Yeah, very much uh, easier said than done. But I love you giving the examples uh, in in the book and really um, some other things in general that anyone in ministry can relate to things of uh, tragedy, um, events of tragedy, um, suffering, conflict. Um, we just started um, a series uh, at our church. It's actually church-wide. So kids, youth, adults, sermons on peacemaking. And, uh, you know, uh, if you look throughout scripture and really um, how we're called to address conflict as believers, looking at Matthew 18 and other parts in scripture, conflict is really an opportunity um, yeah. for us to uh, grow, to really see God at work and to realize the pride that we have usually uh, because when we have conflict or we're engaging in something that's difficult, um, we tend to look at whatever it is that we're facing that has the problem. I don't have the problem. I'm experiencing a, a problem. But uh, if we're sinful and broken, uh, then we don't realize what we actually bring into that situation and how we can contribute to it, which is why depending on God first, right? Which is what um, you want to establish uh, as uh, as it as it's very made clear in in the book and uh, just being able to pause and really think about what's happening uh, all around me, what's happening in the periphery where I don't even really notice God's at work unless I stop and look and how it can affect you. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, so if people were to read this book, let's say I got this book for everyone in my youth ministry um, and we read it and really tried hard to apply it. Um, what do you think a healthy youth ministry or church community would look like after using the methods that you lay out in the book? And then also maybe how would it differ um, from what they currently look like? Well, you know, I hate to, you know, stereotype or kind of, uh, you know, put the American church in, in a category, but um, I, I mean, I've seen over time, I've seen a lot of uh, churches and, and maybe people, how they were growing, you know, kind of brought up and raised up um, to very much treat church like a program. Um, and I feel like sometimes even the churches that are doing things well and trying their best to get out of that mindset, it's still really hard and challenging um, for each person really to, you know, whether you're on staff or whatever, been a Christian forever, um, to get out of that mindset that church is, you know, the building and once a week thing or maybe twice a week thing. And uh, I, I still feel like a lot of places still kind of fit into that and um and maybe they're maybe they're not intending to do it but the way they structure things and their programming even their terminology may be all about that sunday meeting instead of the day-to-day -day stuff we you know we're trying our church really hard to make uh, connect groups throughout the week just because it may be the same thing as you know sunday night or sunday morning but it's a different day it just kind of you know feeds into that you know getting out of that mindset of, of sunday only and I feel like um, I spent a lot of time um, trying to, um, you know, give some of those points in the book and really this idea in, in some of the terminology of even the titles of like this faith life is supposed to be a journey. Um, it's not supposed to be a 
program or a building or anything, you know, look at the early church and acts and they, you know, everything, but, um, you know, a station, you know, a building or once a week kind of thing. And so I feel like some of the concepts, there's also, you know, questions at the end of the end of the book that you can look at and discuss. Um, so there's a lot of small groups and churches and uh, married couples and whoever that have gone through it and, and really trying to filter um, and, and bring that discussion. Um, because I feel like for me, it was not till probably college that I understood that, hey, this, this faith thing is supposed to be a journey, an adventure. Um, there's going to be ups and downs. I'm going to mess up a lot. But, you know, here's some ways and, and, and things that God has done in my life to help me understand the day-to-day process. So as I said earlier, there's, I think there's something for everybody because, um, you know, 19, they're all short chapters, but they're all different. So um, that's something I wanted to do as well. Um, not just, you know, repeat the same things over and over, but hey, what about in this aspect of life? What about in this category? What about in this? Like, what does it look like to really yearn, seek, search for God on a day-to-day basis? And um, I'm by no means the hero of the story or to say that, you know, well, my youth group has it all figured out, um, but it's more like, hey, we're all on this journey. Let's, you know, journey together. Let's encourage each other. Iron sharpens iron. Uh, encourage one another daily, all that good stuff. Let's just bring that about, talk about it. And, you know, that would be the goal, I think, to uh, to really learn what it looks like um, to live out that faith every day. Yeah, very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah, the um, pro- the formula, I guess, um, of what I heard as a child and as a teenager, and I'm sure you did too, of, okay, here's what you do every day as a Christian. You have a quiet time, you make sure to not do these things and you try and do these things. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, it becomes just tasks and a list. And, and that, that of course, can easily lead to legalism. Um, and so to really approach um, your quiet time, quote unquote, as, you know, take that mindset of focusing on what God is saying to you and look for it in the conversation with your friend. Look for it as you engage on your sports team. Look for it. Uh, as you engage in this really hard relationship that God is calling you to reconcile and you don't because you don't want to give up being right. You don't want to give up your pride. Um, And whenever things happen to us or we are engaged in something else, we should be thinking about how is this coming out of who I am in Christ? Because that totally changes everything when you have that perspective of trying to look a 360 degree view of God's creation, where he's at work. You know, I love how you bring up the American church and, you know, there's a lot of articles uh, out right now and probably uh, in the last several years on different functions of the American church, largely because the American church is unique uh, in certain ways because we have the privilege to be able to meet freely and do these things where around the rest of the world, people in ministry are either bivocational or volunteer. Um, they have to meet and maybe in an underground church. Um, the way mm-hmm. that their faith is shown in their culture looks different. And so we really have to uh, be grateful and thankful um, for the atmosphere that we have uh, in this country to be able to freely practice our faith. But also when we freely practice it, we should be aware of who's seeing it, who is watching it, and in the air of social media, who is recording it, <laughs> who is reading what we're posting. Um, that goes for youth pastors as well as, as, as students and anyone else. Um, and yeah. so being able to take 
uh, inventory, really not of do or don't lists, but hey, out of the things that happened to me all day today, where did I see God show up? Even if it was in hard times and there wasn't a resolution or things didn't uh, tie up with a nice bow, you know, why do I have this tension? You know, what, what do I do with this tension? And to, to go to your youth pastor with that, to go to your small group leader, to go to your friends with that. And I love how, how your book really um, tries to take a 30,000 foot view, but at the same time, really emphasizing everyone's individual relationship and experience and how our story really ties in with everyone else's story. So when we're sharing our faith, it's not just, here's this uh, thing that happened to me. It's, here's my story, right? So it's more rooted in just one little experience. It's how God, it's the culmination of how God has been working in your life. And when your small group experiences that together, when your youth ministry experiences that, when your church experiences that, um, I think it resonates in a much deeper way a much more authentic way because um, like you said, there are ups and downs and being able to see God at work in the midst of all of it, not just when things are really great or things are really low, but most of what we miss is the in-between, the things that we Mm -hmm. think are subtle or yeah, I did that. That's no big deal. I do it every day, but you know, where's God showing up in that through you or around you that you can see? Yeah. Um, So, uh, Yeah. So these uh, experiences, you mentioned in in the first question, uh, how you kind of got to this process. So um, what have you seen as you have used your own students and other people in your life kind of as the test subjects and being able to to, uh, go through this? And how have you seen it change their dynamic of the group? Um, What kind of feedback have you gotten as far as, hey, can you clarify this? Or this was really great. Do do more of this. What was that process like as you kind of worked it out in real life while you were writing? Yeah, it's been great. Um, It's wild to be able to, you know, talk to people from all over the world and country and hear some of their stories. I actually pulled up a playbook from the Bob Goff playbook and put my phone number in the the back of the book. Nice. um, Just because I love the conversation aspect of it. And, you know, so I've had some good conversations there. And um, I think for our, um, our students, they love, you know, recognizing some of the stories and, um, you know, knowing some of those things. But I think just the, um, the, the vulnerable side of it, like, hey, this is me, here's some mistakes I made, here's some things in my life that I'm not proud of, but here's what God taught me through it. That's probably been the the biggest thing for our group um, because, you know, for them to know me personally and see some of that stuff and to see that I'm open about it, um, that's been a big help. And, and that goes into the whole idea of how every part of your story matters. You know, I love the woman at the well story because she was ashamed, lonely, and then she meets Jesus. And what does she want to do? She wants to tell everyone about the past that she was just ashamed of. Yeah. But now she's like, wait, I'm forgiven. I I'm loved and forgiven let me tell you all about what I've done because I'm forgiven and that's incredible. Mm. Um, so I, I think, and I've heard it said that, you know, always share from your weakness. You'll never run out of material. <laughs> so yeah, just that, that whole, I, that whole idea of, uh, I can relate to people a lot more in my brokenness than my successes. So mm. that's been the biggest thing for, I guess, people that know me. And then, uh, I've, I've loved, you know, seeing how it impacts different people in different ways. You know, there's like, I kind of opened the book with a chapter that could have been an intro, but I know some people uh, don't read intros. 
Yeah. I went and put it as chapter one before like some of the more meat comes in. And, uh, but I've been blown away by some of the people like, um, had a friend tell me that their small group went through it and said, there's a girl in tears, you know, um, at the end of chapter one, I was like, wow, that's, that's incredible. And, and then other people, you know, different chapters kind of speak to them, but, um, that's been cool to see. And, and I think, uh, you know, that whole idea of every part of your story matters, the good, the bad, the middle, um, all of it matters and matters to God. And so, um, it's been a cool process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you, that you said in there, you know, uh, conflict and suffering and hardship, uh, how God can use that even more than successes. And I think, uh, that lines up and tracks with usually it takes scenarios like that to help us grow because if things are great and terrific and we're coasting, usually we're not looking to depend on anyone, but to pat ourselves on the back. But really when we have things happen in our life or to those that are around us, um, we're able to really see God at work by just reaching out, by being there. And yeah, I, I love those stories um, that you just shared. And that's that's really neat and encouraging for you, I'm sure, just to be able to see how, you know, there's lots of people who write lots of books, but when you get those stories back, the same applies to ministry. Ministry can be a, th- a thankless job, but when you get those stories back, that is more than thanks uh, enough for, for what we're doing and what God has yeah. clearly gifted you and led you to do. Um, well, Tyler, if people want to buy your book or find you online to see um, what you're doing, if you blog, if you have sermons, if you have other stuff, where can they find you and the book online? I think the best place is the book's website because I also link to everything else, um, whether my personal blog page or my social media uh, email, all that stuff is on there as well as uh, links to purchase. So uh, searching for seven.com. And again, you can find pretty much everything on there. So very cool. And that link is listed in the show notes. So if you're looking for that, you can find that link there and also be uh, a button on my link tree where you can go and buy the book. Uh, well, Tyler, thanks again, man. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. I'll be praying for you as God continues to use this book and your talents and skills to further the kingdom. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And that wraps up the first Maverick Resource Review. Thanks to Tyler for hopping on with me. And you can find the link to his book and website for Searching for Seven in the show notes. If you have a resource that you personally developed, or if you know of a good one and you know the author or developer, please have them get in contact with me. Uh, They can reach me uh, through the website, youthministrymaverick.com, and you can also find me on social media. Thanks for listening, and until next time, adios. Adios.